Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman & Associates. Now here's Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. I'm excited that you're joining me again this week. My motivational quote uh, to, for today is by Panache Desai, and it says, Energy, like you, has no beginning and no end. It can never be destroyed it is only ever-shifting state. Have you ever heard about quantum physics? I know that's a hot topic. Did you know that it's the, it is the future of science and also the key to understanding consciousness, psychology, death, and the meaning of life? This, mu- um, this must be an amazing science, I think, to be able to accomplish all those things. Well, my guest today, Dr. Amit Goswami, says, it is the best and clearest approach to understanding our universe. In short, quantum physics is the theory of everything. And I think he's going to share another quote later on with us. Dr. Goswami has a new book out, and you can only have guessed it. It's called The Everything Answer Book, How Quantum Science Explains Love, Death, and the meaning of life. Amit is going to share some theory and how after 30 years as a theoretical quantum physicist, he believes this science truly does have the answer to everything. Theoretical quantum physicist Dr. Goswami is a retired full-time professor from the University of Oregon's Department of Physics where he served from 1968 to 1997. He's a pioneer of the new paradigm of science called Science Within Consciousness, an idea he explained in his seminal book, The Self-Aware Universe, where he also solved the quantum measurement problem, clarifying the famous observer effect. In addition to his newest book, Dr. Goswami has written several other popular books based on his research on quantum physics and consciousness. Um, so please help me welcome my, my new friend, Dr. Goswami. So, I mean, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Connie. Yes, and I, I love your backgrounds, and um, I, you know, I'm just excited to hear your thoughts on this topic. Before we be go- begin, I know that you have a quote to share to kind of put us into the framework of what we're going to talk about. I think the, uh, the quote has to be the greatest message of quantum science. Consciousness is the ground of all being. That is the truth, right? We think it, and it truly does become. So, yeah, I want to start with your new book. Uh, Again, I love the title, um, The The Everything Answer Book, How Quantum Science Explains Love, Death, and the Meaning of Life. That's a pretty big title. Um, Does your new book really answer all our questions? Yes, I think so. You know, um, in my childhood, um, I read uh, in the, my tradition of spirituality in which I was born. I did not follow it, of course. I became a materialist. But, the, but it intrigued me, and I still remember, uh, which is that the ultimate truth is that truth, knowing which you know everything else. Um, it's a little difficult to comprehend for a child because, you know, I got into physics pretty early on and I couldn't believe that knowing uh, reality like the good books were saying, uh, the way they were saying everything is one uh, enables me to do equations of physics. And so I completely just rejected it. 
Um, but recently, I realized what it actually means. The, what it means is that if you begin the worldview, how you view the world, how you want to understand the world with the right metaphysics, right uh, assumption. You know, we have to make basic assumption to study reality. Materialists make the assumption that matter is everything. And therefore, everything goes alright. Partially, of course, every truth can lead to something. Matter is important to us. That's obvious. So I'm not saying that the science that we have developed is useless. It has given us many, many, many useful things, including quantum physics. But the idea that matter is everything is wrong because we have other experiences. That's, it's obviously wrong, but you know, it's a long story why people cannot give it up. But nevertheless, um, when we realize that consciousness is the ground of all being, um, we reformulate science, and um, that reformulation has to be done. But everything can be reformulated in such a way to get answers. And this is what I found, you know, one after the other, after some in initial inspiration by the Dalai Lama, I um, delved into, um, from quantum physics, on to biology, on to health, on to mental health, and now on to economics and politics and education, and everywhere, everywhere, the new worldview is giving us answers to the current problems. Will this persist uh, in human evolution for how long? I do not want to be a foreseer, and I do not want to predict. My guess is that eventually even this science will be replaced by another science. You know, um, I read the Science of Miracles, I'm a <laughs> course in Miracles, where it declares that there is a science of eternity awaiting us, and whatever. I mean, it can happen. But until that happens, uh, quantum science that we have developed really are giving us the answers we need right now. And, you know, a, a couple of things you said, and I do want you to, to help us understand what quantum physics is, just for people who maybe have heard it but aren't 100% sure what it is. But before that, you said when you, you were exposed to this kind of thinking or this thought process or quantum physics from when you were a little boy, and yet we don't have the maturity or the ability or capability at that age to process the information. Um, do you, and you're extremely brilliant, do you think that, like I have, I have two kids, you know, they're, one is a soon to be 18 and one soon to be 21. Is it because it's beyond the scope or be, because of what society has taught them that they, you know, uh, poo poo it. Like they say, yeah, 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 it's ridiculous. That's not it. I, I'm just curious what your what your thinking is because you said you didn't believe it or you didn't really understand it as a child or embrace it as a child. Well, uh, when I said child, you know, I exaggerated a little bit. Um, uh, I did not pick up physics before I was, um, uh, of course, about uh, uh, 13 or 14. Right. So, um, now, so certainly, um, um, uh, so that I was more like a teenager than um, than than um, you know 
than a man. what I made it sound like. Right. Um, but I was picking up very serious stuff uh, philosophically. Mathematics mm -hmm. of the kind that you need to explore quantum physics, I learned only around 15 or 16. Mm -hmm. So, but the mathematics that I could handle uh, before then, uh, even with algebra, um, you can fathom that the world um, is not so simple to understand um, mm -hmm. on the basis of one philosophical axiom or other. You have to work hard at it. But the idea is that if you work hard at it, you could. Whereas if your basic principle is wrong, then however much you work hard, you're never going to get it. You know, the, usually Absolutely. we summarize this by saying that if you put yourself in a box which is wrong, then un until you get out of the box, you are never going to get any right answer. Yeah, the scientific materialists, people who think that matter is everything, they have put themselves in such a box that they can never give correct answers for human beings. They are doing great for machines. But unfortunately, we are not machines, and that's their problem. Thank God. <laughs> so, thank God. <laughs> yeah, thank God we're not machines, right? And that we're only human, which is, I think, a beautiful thing. So what is, define for us what, what is quantum physics so that everybody kind of understands where you're coming from. Quantum physics has the single most important line that explains it all. Quantum physics says objects are possibilities for consciousness to choose from. And this one sentence can change your life because it recognizes immediately that you have infinite potentiality, infinite possibilities to choose from. What are you afraid of? You know, you have made some wrong choices, but there are so many choices to be made, and some of them will be right. Don't worry about it. Just jump into recognizing that there are new choices. We can choose creatively. We can align ourselves with the right choices, and then um, we are going to do the right thing and be happy. It's interesting. I had to go to New Mexico for business for a speaking engagement, and uh, my husband came with me. He videotaped and took pictures and all that. Kind of, he was my um, my right hand man at the event. But we left and we took an Uber from the hotel to the airport. And the general, I had never experienced this before either. I mean, it, it it really took me back a step. But we got in, and the gentleman, oh, you know, you're going to the airport. How long were you here? And he goes, oh, you're getting out at the right time. Now I found New Mexico. Mexico truly to be the land of enchantment there was just so many much beautiful history and we did some sightseeing and saw some some wonderful things and so I was taken back by his comments and he said and then he went through this litany of um, it's the worst state to live in it's the mo highest poverty uh, lowest income highest crime and just what Albuquerque's in specific which is where we were staying and my husband, we were stunned and that we didn't say a word. We got out of the car. My husband looks at me and he said, oh, my God, talk about toxic. And I, I needed a shower. That's how, how um, toxic his energy was. But this was the, the reason I'm telling you this is just before we left, he went through his he, he married a woman. And now he said, I'm stuck. I have no choice but to stay. And he said, so this is my life and I'm stuck here. And I didn't, I did not respond because I didn't want to engage him again, because his, to his toxic level was just uh, frightening. But as my husband and I were walking towards the airport, my heart broke for this man. And I said to my husband, he felt he had no choice and he stuck. I said, there's always a choice. It might not be an easy choice, 
but there's always a choice as long as you're alive and breathing. Like that to me was such a tragic statement. So now I, I just have to ask you, do you find when you speak with people and you speak on this topic that people feel that they don't have a choice and they're stuck like this particular gentleman? You know, people used to say that there is one thing where we don't have any choice, namely we all die. That's one predictable thing that we cannot change. <laughs> but even, even, even there we have a choice because um, we consciousness, uh, if you explore it, we find that uh, there is a choice. We can just get out of the game anytime. We can make death permanent. Otherwise, mm -hmm. what happens after death is not really death. Death is a long sleep after which we return. Quantum physics gives us a very good theory of reincarnation. Mm -hmm. And um, it is verified now. A lot of data supporting it. So, but we can get out of the game. We can certainly escape, and that escape is called liberation. We get liberated from this birth, death, rebirth cycle. Mm -hmm. Is that a good thing? My opinion is that you don't need to do that. But on the other hand, if you really are bored and want to escape, you don't have to get stuck in anything. No, mm -hmm. absolutely not. And that's the basis of quantum physics, that there's always a choice, there's always an alternative, that even if you made the wrong choice, for whatever reason, um, there's always, you can make the choice to undo whatever you just did. So there's always a choice, I think, yes. that to feel so helpless. I hope people listening, if they know someone, even if it's not themselves that are experiencing that helplessness, that if they know someone, I really hope they share the show, because um, at the foundation of of the quantum physics at the, the foundation of the science, um, there's always a choice. So I just wanted to comment on that uh, because you've mentioned that there's always a choice. Um, at my next question, Amit, is in your view, in order to understand this quantum physics, you mentioned before that we, we have this world, this new world view that integrates science and spirituality. Can you just elaborate a little bit on that piece? Yes. This, uh, this new worldview, the most important thing is that we are starting with the right metaphysics. The right metaphysics is consciousness is the ground of being. If you start with the metaphysics of matter, you're stuck. I mean, there you are right. really stuck. But it is only a mental stuckness. So you can get out of it by uh, getting out of that box that you got stuck in. It's, it's our choice again. So we choose a better worldview. Consciousness is the ground of being. And then have we lost matter? No. We recognize immediately that matter consists of possibilities of consciousness. Matter also is possibility. That's the lesson of quantum physics. Whose possibility? Possibility of consciousness to choose from. Then we give matter its proper place in the science, and we have uh, a physics now, a science now, which incorporates both the spiritual idea of oneness, consciousness is one, because it's the ground of all being, and then also uh, how the separateness is created, because matter certainly comes to us as uh, separate experiences. I separate from you. So uh, both are included, both separateness and uh, unity, and this is the science we need, a science in which both unity and separateness are treated on practically equal footing, so we are not ignoring one or the other. In the past societies, in religious societies, we ignored materiality, and uh, now in the materialist society, we ignore uh, unity. And either ignoring 
has uh, its consequences. Right now we are uh, having chaos and doldrum. We had that also in the history, in our history, as you know, we went through huge doldrums created by religions. It's true. And that the the two are coming together, I, I think, is quite fascinating uh, because you really do need a balance of, of everything. And, you know, the show Architect of Change, people are like, oh, what's it about? And it really is on a business platform, right? Because that's my world. I work in a corporate environment. All my clients are corporations. And, well, I, you know, I deal with the human, but their corporations are my clients. And you know, I, I always say that the show is on a business platform, but if you want to change something in your life, I don't care what it is, whether it's work, your weight, your kids, your family, your love life, uh, your productivity, I don't care what it is. You have to choose to change something in, in your real life, right, in, 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 your, um, in your real world as well as in your mind. So I, I like that the science and spirituality kind of have caught up because that's where we live. That's where we exist. And you really do need both. So I, I love, yeah. I, I, I think that's what I loved about your book, because it's like, uh-huh, yeah, this, this makes so much sense, right? Yes. And, you know, there are criteria for choice you can establish for yourself. And this is why we talk about the meaning of life a lot and love a lot in the book. Because yes. those are the things that we choose. We choose to explore love because that always reminds us of unity, in addition to the fact that we are separate. You know, my love object is not an object separate. So from me, at once, it is also a subject separate from me. Mm-hmm. And to recognize that subjecthood, I need to honor unity and separateness both. Otherwise, we make, make the um, relationship into a relationship of only one subject looking at an object. And and that, of course, is what creates relationship problem. That's so the way to, way to, way to love um, is to recognize the subjectness of the other. Um, and always meaningfully. If we make our choice with meaningful choices and not throw away the importance of choice by choosing the trivial things in life. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, if we overdo something like pleasure is good, but if you overdo on pleasure, it uh, takes on that um, uh, triviality. It becomes yes. trivial. It no longer increases happiness. It, instead, it creates problems like yes. addiction. So, you know, the few things to remember how to make your choice and and then you can go into experiencing the joy of the adventure that life presents to you. It's wonderful. Yeah, joy and adventure. I love that. I think we all we all should embrace just those even two words, joy and adventure together. Um, let's take a really brief break, and then when we come back, I, you, um, you you know you said there's so much scientific proof that consciousness exists, you know, outside of the brain, right? Through through reincarnation, all that kind of stuff. I'd like to explore that when we come back. Okay, so quick break. Okay. It's a shame when you're feeling stuck in your business and you feel like you have nowhere to turn. It's a shame when you slog through long days in your business and you don't get any return. It's a shame when you feel like you can't see the forest for the trees and your business brings you to your knees. Einstein said repeating the same actions over and over won't produce different results. So stop feeling ashamed. Your business and you deserve better. Change that shame into righteous fame. Connie Whitman can tame that shame. 
Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates will help you to discover your new path, and nothing will ever be the same. Connie's tried and true one-on-one coaching sessions will tame that shame so you and your business will not continue in vain. Call Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates today at 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Call Connie. Turn that shame into your game. We are back. We are speaking with Dr. Amit Gashwami. We're talking about his new book, the Every the Everything Answer Book: How Quantum Science Explains Love, Death, and the Meaning of Life. And we're really talking about quantum physics and consciousness and um, all of those topics that kind of fit together. So now, before you had said that there's so much scientific proof that consciousness exists, you know, outside of the brain per se. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yes, the data, uh, initial data of survival after death came from basically two sources. One is mediumship research. Uh, You know, certain mediums uh, put you together with the deceased being and um, answer your questions to the deceased beings. And if the questions are answered correctly, you feel that, yes, you have something there. That was debatable. And then again, there were uh, stuff that we um, uh, could ask a child and the child remembered certain events of the past life. That's another thing that we could follow it up. And Ian Stevenson at the University of Virginia did a lot of wonderful research to support that line of research to confirm reincarnation. But you know, everything, the game changer of all this, really scientific game changer came when uh, cardiologists discovered the way Mm -hmm. to revive people, uh, simple heart failure situations. So the heart is gone, the brain is dead, no EEG, um, and in that situation, um, uh, the cardiologists know how to revive such a person. He brought to the hospital quickly, and uh, so many, many people come back from death, and then they report things that happened during the time that they were dead. Uh, but how do we know that this is not something that you're just imagining after they were revived? Uh, because mind does play tricks on us. So um, what is that? But fortunately, some of the experiences they described uh, are called autoscopic experiences. In these experiences, they hover uh, at the ceiling over their uh, dead body being operated on by cardiologists, nurses, and all this. And then they see it, they describe it. And they describe it with such intimate accuracy, like what time somebody sneezed in the room or who dropped a scalpel, this kind of thing. Um, That could not be described from a general idea of what the operating rooms generally consist of. And those are the things that confirm the fact that these near-death experiences are are telling the truth. They do have experience during that period. But then, huge mystery. How can that happen? Because we always thought the brain is an essential part of everything that we ever have. And in fact, you know, that's what strengthens the materialist belief, that brain produces experience. But if the brain produces experience, we could not possibly have experience uh, when we have died. Quantum physics explains it. In quantum physics, remember, experiences are produced by consciousness. And experience can, can be produced with what we call delayed choice. A person can die 
And uh, then when the person is revived, uh, at that time uh, we choose. But the choice not only uh, manifests things at that time, the concurrent present things, but also things in the past that was instrumental in your being alive now. So obviously stuff that happened during the time that you were dead, if they are important things, then they will also be manifested at that moment of your being revived. It is called delayed choice. So in quantum physics, you have an explanation. So you can believe that there really is an after-death existence. And then to sum it up, um, how do you know that reincarnation takes place? Stan Graf has uh, devised a way called holotropic breathing in which he takes people, uh, among other things, uh, to the before life experience. The experience, people actually have experiences before they get into the birth canal, before they even got into the womb of the mother. And um, so the combination of near death and before birth experiences suggests there obviously a journey that people have, a journey uh, through Tibetan word is bardo, through passageways that we go through during the process of life. Certain passages, pa passageways are passages of passageways of life, and certain passageways are passageways of death. But we have life, um, death cycle is a cycle. Life, death, rebirth. And therefore, nothing to worry about, nothing to fear about death. There is continuity. And there's so many books. I, I know two off the top of my head. One is Many Masters, Many Lives, I, I want to say, and it was written by a, a psychologist or, or a psychiatrist who helped a woman, and through the regression, you know, now he was, you know, he's a man of science, and he wrote the book saying that as he took her back through these regressions, um, the same people were in her lives, etc., and she knew things that historically were true that she, how could she possibly know? And then the other one, and I forgive me I don't remember the name but it was a surgeon and he passed away there was some kind of accident and he his brain they considered him quote-unquote brain dead and afterwards he comes back and he's talking to his his family and saying but no I I saw this and I saw this and all of these things and his one son was very smart and said to him, um, write everything down before you do any research, because the father, again, a man of science, was a surgeon, and he said, just write everything down as, as, as you recollect it so that it's, it's documented, then do your research so that it doesn't overshadow or change your memories. And as the surgeon started doing the research after he had written all of his uh, memories down, and you know, he went back and looked at his vitals and all of his medical records because he's a doctor, and he was legally dead. They were thinking about pulling, I, I don't, do you know what book I'm talking about? There, he wrote, it was a doctor, and he wrote this book. Heaven on yeah, Earth. Yeah. I, I, Evan Alexander, right? That's yeah, I, I, yes, I think that I think that was it. And you know, again, he felt weird to write this book because he's a man of science, but it was so important, and and the things that he saw were so relevant and things that have been heard, like you said, with the near-death experiences, um, that there's more and more proof as, as we move forward. So it's just, it's such an int another interesting topic because then the question becomes, you know, deja vu and all of that. Is it really deja vu or did you have a similar experience in a previous life? So, you know, again, it's, oh my goodness, another cool topic that um, to, to, to just wrap your head around, you know. 
I, you know, the other thing I want to talk about, we have about four minutes left, and my, I really love this show to always be some words of wisdom for my guests on how people can transform themselves. So my next question is, you say there are three components of personal transformation, right thinking, right living, and right livelihood. Can you just explain that a little more so people have some things to walk away with that maybe they can incorporate into their lives? Absolutely. You know, when you do right thinking, that begins your transformation in life, the right worldview. That's what right thinking means. If you are stuck in a scientific materialistic worldview, sooner or later you will become an information junkie because in mm. scientific materialism, meaning does not exist. Meaning cannot be processed by computers, so scientific materialists say meaning doesn't exist. And they also say that free will does not exist. They also say creativity in the sense that creativity of the completely new, uh, that also cannot exist. So if you follow that worldview, your thinking is incompatible with making changes. Mm. And this is why people cannot make changes, because how can you change your worldview? It's already blindsided you. So uh, right thinking is extremely important. Right living is very important because um, uh, suppose somebody is giving you new ideas. Quantum worldview brings you some new ideas. New ideas tell you the importance of creativity because um, movement can be both continuous and discontinuous. And the new worldview says that the discontinuous movements are the most important movement in our life because that's how we can make changes. Mm. That's how we discover insights, new stuff that will make our life a happier one, a more fulfilled one. So uh, then what do we do with these principles? We have to leave it. Otherwise, you are never going to take quantum leaps yourself, these discontinuous leaps of creativity yourself. How can you change without finding out if these uh, experiences really produce new insights so that you can change? So living the truth that you hear from people, you know, I'm telling you some things, but unless you live it, how do you know that this is valid for you, okay? So living is very important, living to follow up your thinking. And then the question of livelihood is very important because if you waste up your life with the livelihood that is not related to your thinking and your living, then you are very stuck because eight hours of that, and most people spend even more than eight hours, you are tired, no? Anything that you don't like tires you, and that creates a stress, and then all you want is entertainment. So you waste your life away if the livelihood is not synchronized with the way you think and the way you live. This is why you have to synchronize all these two things. Do you think that we are on the verge as a world, not necessarily a country, where people are becoming more aware of the quantum physics and consciousness and the, the right thinking, living, and livelihood? Do you think that we are more aware and, and or, or more open. Maybe that's a better way to phrase it. Okay. I mean, the number of people who are more aware is increasing day by day. Mm. Right now, the, the uh, calculation shows from several studies uh, that about 15% are the people who are aware that uh, the worldview, um, quantum worldview is 
uh, important. Consciousness is the ground of being is important. Um, and they're ready to uh, begin the transformational journey. The rest, 85%, they're very confused right now. Worldview polarization has grabbed, uh, paralyzed our country, as you know. Lots of mm. confusion in Washington, lots of confusion everywhere. Mm. The economy is not working properly, although right now there is no danger. But the politics is the focus right now, and it is in dire calamity, chaotic. Mm. So why this chaos? Chaos always reminds you of change. You have to make some changes. Chaos forces us to recognize that there is no way out of the chaos without making changes. Mm -hmm. So this is the time when transformation takes place very rapidly. And we are seeing that. We are seeing that. Although, you know, from outward you think it's all chaotic. Oh, my God, it's very dangerous. No, it's a huge opportunity for the culture, for the country to change, for the world, in fact to change because the world is suffering from some very great crisis conditions, global warming, terrorism. Yes. Every day we are reminded of it, economic breakdown. So we have to make some changes and quantum worldview, as I said, gives answers to every bit of our problem. Only if we can build a society which is a quantum society. And we will. And we will. And and uh, Amit, we're, we're, we're out of time, but I, I just want to comment, I, you know, when I meet with my corporate leaders and, you know, we talk about how are we going to create a culture, what training are we going to do, whatever it is, whatever the topic is. And truly, truly, when things are going good, we're like, yeah, it's good. We're not ready to change. It's when things are bad that people say, oh, I got to change something. I got to do something. But good is truly the enemy of great because when things are good, we are not propelled to move. When things are not so great, that's when change comes. So I, I agree with you 100% that we are truly in tremendous chaos, but this is the opportunity for creative thinkers, solutions, um, people willing to, to make changes because things are so chaotic and just bad. So, yeah, you know, yeah, good's the enemy of great. Let's hope that since things are chaos and crazy, um, that we're on the verge of a breakthrough of something great. And I love that statistic that 15% of people are so much more aware and, or consciously aware and that that number keeps growing. So again, that on the flip side, right, where things are bad, change has to has to be created. But that awareness, as that builds momentum, um, that will create the change or the ideas for change as well. So it's almost like mm, two little things are moving in the same direction, or they're almost going to um, hit, you know, hit together, so to speak, uh, which could be a great thing for us as a world. So. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much for your insight, Amit. Um, you know, it's it's such a brilliant topic. And again, I, I highly recommend, you know, summer's here uh, and, you know, books, reading of books on the beach are my nirvana, Amit. So uh, I, I hope everybody goes out and buys, you know, um, Amit's book, the Everything Answer book, how quantum science explains love, death and the meaning of life. And I did not mean to interrupt you. Go ahead, Amit. No, I just, I just um, was going to say the same thing, that, yes, it will give you some answers. It, yeah, it truly is the Everything Answer book. I just love the title. I think that title says it all. <laughs> also, everyone, um, I will put Amit's 
website on Web Talk Radio Architective Change platform, and you know I'd bank, backlink it so you could find it. But it's www.amitgoswami, so it's A M I T G O S W A M I dot org. But again, I will post that. Also, if you uh, need me for anything, need help with anything, you have ideas or topics that you'd love covered on the shows, I get emails about that. And I trust me, I stalk people till they say yes to come on the show. Uh, but you can reach me directly at Connie at WhitmanAssos.com. And I, I do, I love hearing from, from all of the listeners. Um, I mean, thank you so much again for your time and just for being such a, a brilliant and gracious uh, guest and sharing all of your wealth and wisdom with us. I, I truly appreciate it. Thank you, Connie. A real pleasure, Amit, a real pleasure. Um, I hope you guys, you'll join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together how to grow and challenge ourselves so we all embrace change and realize that change is possible. And sometimes we just need to look at things from a different perspective. Um, you've been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on webtalkradio.net. Thank you again, and I wish you all an inspired and happy week. Thanks so much. Been listening to The Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here. Time may change me, but I can change.